Welcome back to the Influencer Marketing Roundup brought to you by Linkia. We are covering a very, very busy July in the world of social media and influencer marketing. As always, there is a newsletter that accompanies this. If you want to check out all of these stories with links to everything, go follow the Influencer Marketing Roundup newsletter on LinkedIn. But otherwise, this pod has three sections. The first, the top social platform stories. The second, best influencer campaigns from brands. And the third is the reports and data worth reading. So let's get into it. The two biggest stories in the month, unquestionably, Twitter's rebrand to X and Meta's launch of threads. Let's start with those two. In terms of the Twitter rebrand, there's a lot of talk about was this good, was this bad. From a rebranding perspective, it was a terrible rebrand. They did not actually have the X handle. So when they launched, they still had the Twitter handle, even though it said X. They then confiscated that X handle without any compensation or heads up to the person who had it. And frankly, Musk lit billions of dollars worth of brand equity on fire in rebranding to something that is a very big head scratcher. Now, we know Musk wants to build an everything app. He has said that many, many times. This seems like a big step on that path to redefining what this company does and is. But if we just look at this from a brand principles perspective, it was a really bad relaunch. Will it ultimately benefit by repositioning? We'll have to see, time will tell. But right now, it seems like just another bad choice in the Musk era. Now, why did he do it now? A lot of people think it's connected to the second major story of the month, which was Threads. Meta launched Threads. It was the fastest downloaded app in the history of apps, and there's a reason for that. The launch was beautifully executed. It was a really easy to download app. You could bring your follows with you. So instead of people starting from scratch, you had a lot of people who started with a good chunk of followers, especially influencers and creators on Instagram. And people liked that it felt like old Twitter. You had a ton of brands creating really unique, interesting, creative content. Uh, but that was the hype cycle in the first couple weeks. After that, we've now had about a month to see how this is playing out. It's still early days, but frankly, engagement and usage has somewhat fallen off a cliff. Now, we knew it wasn't going to maintain at the pace it was it started with, but there is some reason to worry, does this have long-term sticking power? Now, in their quarterly release, Zuck said that he's going to introduce retention hooks for threads, and a lot of that's going to come in the form of new features So even in the last week, Threads rolled out a new following tab feature. So that was a big requested one where when you downloaded the app, it was just a bunch of random threads. Now you can actually sort by who you follow. They're obviously gonna introduce more features like this, but this gets closer to parity with Twitter. They really do need to introduce some unique, one of a kind, very differentiated tool sets if they want this to be a long lasting application. Those were the two big stories, but they frankly were not the only stories. There was a lot that happened in July. The Hollywood strike was big news. Writers struck first, and then actors joined writers for the first time in a really, really long time. Now, this pod is about the creator economy, so we're going to take the lens of how does this affect influencers and creators. The initial strike, a lot of people thought this was going to be a big benefit to influencers and creators. As time has gone on, SAG has tried to use their power to really strong arm influencers saying, if you work with a struck company, you will not be welcome to SAG in the future. 
And as we know, their new agreements are trying to court influencers and creators. So a lot of creators, frankly, think that that is a long-term play for them. And they might be much more hesitant to partner with entertainment companies or any struck company right now. Now, you have to think that during this strike, original content, scripted content is going to reduce, which will ultimately benefit social platforms, TikTok, YouTube, and that will inform benefit creators and influencers. So we should see a spike, but I don't think it's going to be a huge spike in these creators becoming part of unscripted content like documentaries or reality shows. That's only going to benefit a very select few. Most people benefit just by an uptick in social media usage by consumers. Other news, the FTC issued a long-anticipated update to its guideline for influencer endorsements. This was the first update since 2009. 2009. Influencers like dog years. That's a long time to not have an update, so this was a welcome update. To be frank, the 80-plus page document really didn't say anything we shouldn't know as an industry, but it just made things more explicit. If I were to give you some of the highlights, they expanded the definition of what endorsements are. This is now including virtual influencers, fake reviews and reviewers, free product. If you're sending free product, don't think you don't need disclosures. And a big one was just stricter rules on disclosures, meaning relying solely on a platform's built-in disclosure tool will probably not be sufficient. They even called out saying hashtag ad isn't enough especially when it comes to video content it needs to be very clear in the video content itself and early on that this is a paid endorsement a paid partnership so there's a lot of things that we knew on here but you need to make sure you understand what all these requirements are because another thing they specified is who is liable it's pretty much everyone if you're a brand or you're an agency and you think i might not be the influencer or i didn't even sign the contract technically you might still be liable so everyone needs to brush up on what these, what these endorsement guidelines are. More Twitter news this month. They're restricting the number of tweets users can see based on if you are a verified user or not. So it's 1,000 posts per day for unverified accounts, 10,000 posts per day for verified accounts. I would say this is a very confusing move. We know they're struggling with ad revenues. User engagement and impressions is a huge part of driving revenue in advertising. So they're basically limiting their own metrics that they need to succeed. Now, there is some validity to say this is for performance and user experience. You actually had threads just in the last week also implement a rate limit. They just did it in a much more friendly manner and they didn't connect it to being a paid verified member. Both platforms say the reasons to combat bots and scraping, which will ultimately benefit users, there definitely is truth to that. But as with a lot of things these last few months, Twitter is just rolling this out in a really bad way that makes it feel like it's another play for paid social media. It's another play for verified accounts. And it's a really dumb move for those two things because of its impact on ad revenue. They also rolled out a revenue sharing program for creators. To be eligible, you need to be subscribed to, I guess I have to say X Blue now, or be a verified organization, have at least 15 million impressions on your cumulative posts within the last three months, and have at least 500 followers. Now, having said that, there is no disclosure on how the platform determines the value of its payouts, and so far it seems that most high earners are just right-wing personalities. 
Taylor Lorenz from the Washington Post had a great write-up on this. She actually got called out by Musk on her write-up, and she joined us on the Creator Economy Live podcast, so definitely tune into that episode. But it seems a little controversial that there's no transparency between what the payouts are and who is benefiting from this most. Hopefully, those things will change in the coming weeks because revenue sharing is a great thing for these social platforms to do. I'm happy Musk is doing it. I just hope it becomes way more clear what the rules of engagement are. TikTok, we have not even talked TikTok so far, but they had a busy month too. They're testing a new shop feed with select users. It's swipeable from the main feed. So some of you may see this when you're in the TikTok app. There's a third shop tab alongside the following in the For You tab. And it's TikTok's offering creators cash to post videos that drive orders on its shopping feature. The platform is clearly experimenting in every way they can with shopping, and I'm all for it. We know in the last few months, Meta and others have cut back on some of their shopping features, but we know social commerce is huge and only going to grow. TikTok wants to own this space. They want to be the number one player, and they're making a lot of good moves to get them there. They also announced text-based posts. So rather than needing to upload a video, which is what we all do on TikTok, users can now upload a post with only text. You can add things like stickers, hashtags, sounds, background colors, and the timing is obvious. It's the same month as Meta launching threads. It's the same month as Twitter rebranding. They want a piece of that action. Every platform thinks text is going to need to be a part of the ecosystem. I don't know if I agree with that, um, but as long as it's not a distraction from the shop, the improving the core feature set for a TikTok, sure, expand the, the usage applications on the platform. TikTok also launched an ad transparency library to help uncover what makes an ad successful. This is the commercial content library. If you're not familiar with it, you should get familiar with it. It's giving information about TikTok's paid ads, including the advertising creative, dates the ad ran, parameters used for targeting, so think demo profiles like age, gender, the number of people who are served the ad. Having access to this data is gonna give you a really interesting understanding of campaign performance, what's happening in the TikTok algorithm and what your competitors are up to, it's gonna reveal the type of creative that works best. It's just a lot of really good data that you will want to know. So commercial content library, if you haven't checked it out, please check it out. Twitch made the news. Twitch is launching a TikTok-like discovery feed just like everyone else. This feed is gonna allow users to scroll through a variety of clips and short form content. They say it's really about promoting new streamers and spotlighting small creators. Streamers also will be able to export clips. So if you're Twitch, you can take your clips, export it, put it on YouTube, TikTok. So hopefully that will help amplify reach. And they said stories are coming as well. So yet another platform to adopt the stories feature. Twitter, final news on Twitter this month was cutting ad prices following the rebrand. It's offering heavy discounts to lure back advertisers, which is also interesting because at the same time they're warning brands that they will lose their verified status unless they reach certain spending thresholds this is like offering someone a kiss and a slap at the same time i don't really understand the duopoly of these two things but the discounts are pretty enticing we're talking about 50 percent off new bookings of video ads in the explore tab that is enough to make a brand say maybe i'll try it and see if the performance is strong so it's worth checking out but i don't love that it's in the same breath as as threats to brands Final news out of the social platforms, we had a lot of quarterly releases this month. Let's talk about what they were. YouTube broke a streak of three straight quarter revenue declines. 
So for the last quarter, revenue rose 4% to 7.67 billion. This is a really good signal for YouTube. Snap had the opposite happen. The revenue declined 4% to 1.07 billion and their stock price tanked. Although I will say, daily active Snap users ticked up 14% to 397 million. So Snap seems to be doing a lot of good things with their features. They're growing their user base, but they have to get their ad revenue platform in order. Meta finally stayed red hot. They reported second quarter revenue up 11% to 32 billion. The Reels numbers are showing it is a true competitor to TikTok. And Zuck really has gotten his swagger back since the whole metaverse debacle between AI and Reels and doubling down with creators. They seem to be making the right moves. All right, that is all of the social platform news. Let's move to our second section of the pod, which is top brand campaigns. Again, subscribe to the newsletter. All of this is listed. I'm not going to go through every single one of these. I'm just going to highlight a few, but there were really interesting brand activations this month. The first, Wimbledon. Wimbledon worked with influencers for the first time ever to promote its clothing collection. So interesting that it's promoting the clothing, not necessarily the sport, uh, but they're connected. And frankly, it's a smart move because who better to promote fashion and apparel than influencers? Amazon had Prime Day this month. It was a successful Prime Day. And they did some really new, unique, interesting things. One of them was a TikTok interactive live stream experience. They called it Duel for Deals. It was a game show format where TikTok influencers played a series of games and viewers could cooperate in the chat to unlock specific deals. And then deals were shoppable without leaving the app, which is also really interesting that TikTok's enabling, again, shoppable functionality with Amazon. End of the day, U.S. online sales rose 6.1% to 12.7 billion during Prime Day. This trend is only continuing. This holiday is probably only going to see more and more days of the year as Amazon tries to squeeze everything they can out of this. IKEA, IKEA gave a peek into college life with an anime series on TikTok. Anime is huge. It's one of those, if you know, you know. If you're part of the anime community, you know how big it is. If you're not, you probably have no idea how big it is. But IKEA turned college moments into anime art. Uh, It's made up of a series of slice of life clips showing college students finding joy in simple moments. It's obviously targeted towards younger consumers, college age, but they were one of many brands who leaned into anime in the last couple months. It's interesting to see that trend continue. Popeyes brings the viral girl dinner TikTok trend to its menu. Another QSR company to take what's happening on TikTok and turn it into a menu item. I love these activations. If you know about girl dinners, it's been a popular TikTok trend where women show what they eat for dinner as either single women or moms who have the night to themselves. It's low effort meals. It's basically me time meals for for women. And Popeye's created their own menu items out of this. Really smart move. Chipotle. Chipotle experimented with threads for National Avocado Day. They do giveaways really, really well. And on July 31st this year, they did a 12-hour period where they drop text to win codes at the top of each hour on their Threads profile, and the thousandth fan to text the code each hour received a pair of concert tickets or festival tickets of their choice with 13 winners in total. Really smart for them to do this. I think it's interesting that they chose Threads as their platform. Hard to tell if that was just because of the novelty and the press factor or if they actually feel like they that's where they could get the best results and scale. But more and more brands are going to dip their toe into trying things on Threads. Honorable mentions, again, go check it out. Benefit went big with TikTok shopping for a mascara launch. 
The Daily Harvest, there was a write-up on the fiasco where their, their annual retreat led influencers going to the hospital. That brand has been on a tailspin ever since. It was a really interesting write-up. And then Pizza Hut mutates a Twitch streamer into a Ninja Turtle. So you could check all of those out on the newsletter. Let's move to the final section of the pod, reports and data worth reading. We'll start with impact.com and Adweek Branded. They surveyed 150 creators on their payment preferences, and they found that 58% of creators are asking for a blended payment approach of fixed fee plus commission the first time they work with a new brand. It's only after that first brand deal that they get more comfortable with a commission-only model, jumping 21% once they know they'll generate sales. We know brands love commission models, obviously, because it limits risk, there's less upfront fee, and it's all about conversion. Creators tend to hate them because there is no guaranteed money. So this is interesting. If you're a brand, it's not that they won't move to commission. It's maybe just that that first partnership needs to prove to both parties that that is a successful path in the relationship. So in the first partnership, Maybe you'll have to go fixed fee or maybe a combination of fixed fee plus commission. That doesn't mean that that influencer won't go to commission long term. Um, That might just be the second, third, fourth, fifth partnership. Next, Aberdeen Research and Strategy Study on Influencer Spending found that it's growing faster than overall digital spending. The survey was more than 200 respondents. It found that spending rose 7.9% on influencer marketing over the last 12 months compared to 7.3% on digital marketing overall. Now that's not a huge difference, but let's keep in mind, total marketing budgets are contracting because of the economy. So not only does this show the power of digital in the marketing ecosystem, but it shows the power of influencer in that marketing's contracting and influencers not only growing, but growing faster than overall digital. Nielsen had really interesting data that said YouTube and Netflix will soon account for as much TV viewing as all broadcast networks combined. Linear TV share of total TV viewing has dropped by 12% in the last two years, and soon it's going to slip below 50%. We're clearly in the age of streaming, and with the SAG strike going on, that's only going to accelerate, and YouTube seems to be an obvious beneficiary, more so probably than anyone else, of what's happening in this environment. A consumer trend report from the New Consumer and Coefficient Capital showed Gen Z and millennial consumers would buy a product from a new creator-led brand even if they already have a favorite product in the category. One stat I thought was interesting in this data set is that the founder behind a brand plays an increasingly important role in purchasing decisions. 56% of Gen Z respondents considered a brand's founder being someone they trust or admire to be extremely or very important, and 63% of millennials responded the same. I've said this a million times. Creator-driven brands are going to be the future. And as traditional brands today, they could either be your competitors or they could be your partners. You should be focused on making them the latter. Final data worth reading at Insider Intelligence, Snapchat will overtake TikTok as the fastest growing social platform by users in 2023. 13.4% year-over-year user growth projected for Snapchat this year versus 12.7 for TikTok. Now, Really interesting headline. I think Snap's not getting enough credit for the user growth they have, but a little deceiving given that one, TikTok's user base is so much larger. And number two, it's going to be short-lived. Insider Intelligence is already predicting that TikTok will regain the title come 2024. But still, Snap, clearly an underdog and an underspoken about player in this space.
That's all for this month. We will see you for the August Influencer Marketing Roundup. Again, subscribe to the LinkedIn newsletter so you get this in your inbox every single month. Go check out our Creator Economy Live podcast where we talk about a lot of these stories in depth with some incredible brand, creator, and agency guests. And as always, happy marketing. Ah!